Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Positively Affirmative. This is the show where we affirm you, our listening audience, with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness. Join your host, Katrina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Satari Life Skills Institute, Hasina Roach, Relational Consultant, and Radio Host, Wanda Miles. Now, here's your host, Katrina Jones. Hope everybody is having a great week. How are you doing Hello. today, Wanda? Hey. Good. Hey, in there. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Hasina, she hasn't joined us yet, but um I do believe that she will be joining us soon. Um, I was telling you, Wanda, we worked pretty late into the night um on on today's show. Um so our show today is about how to be tuned or in tune with your senses to bring about balance at home and at work. Some of the questions we came mm-hmm, and, and some of the questions we came up with is or are, do you realize that our senses play an essential part in work life balance? When you're at home, you know, what senses light up your or, you know, what senses are most prominent when you are about to go to sleep, when you're eating, when you're studying, when you're relaxing, um, at work? Mm-hmm. Um, what What we believe is that, or what we really know is that, our senses play a really big part in in our day to day living, and often we we take take them for granted. The sense of smell, touch, uh, sound, uh, being able to touch, um, as well as taste and smell. Hey, Hasina, how are you doing today? I am fine, and you? <laughs> we doing. I'm doing well. Good to hear you. Well. <laughs> That's good. I just came from a birthday party at the water park with my son. Leaving nice. early. Is- <laughs> good day. Yeah, nice. it was great. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we're just getting started, and. Um, you know, I was just saying, uh, you know, asking the question, you know, do 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 you realize that that our senses play an essential part in our work life our work life balance? And you know, when we're at home, do we think about what senses um, ignite or uh, what senses are activated when we when it's time for us to to sleep or study or relax? When we're at work, what senses are, are set in motion to complete a project, to maintain productivity, uh, to remain alert? Um, our, our perceptions are not always the, the obvious denominators uh, to bring about our desired outcome. And so today we're going to talk about the importance of, of being in tune with our, with our, uh, our perceptions uh, versus reality, or are our perceptions um, in, in alignment with our reality? Um, and, and if not, you know, what can we do to do a better job of creating the reality that we want using our perceptions? Yeah. So those are, mm-hmm, those are just some of the things that we're going to talk about today. So, I think it's a great topic. Awesome. So there are five physio- our senses are physiological our senses um are physiological capabilities of organisms 
that provide data for perception. Um, there are five senses, and, and their operation, classification, and, and theory are overlapping topics studied by a, a wide variety of fields, um, such as neuroscience, cognitive psychology, and philosophy of perception. Um, the nervous system has a specific sensory system uh, or organ dedicated to each sense. So we we talked about this, Hasina. Do you want to jump in and say a little bit about that? Well, I believe you said it. Um, our body is just, it's awesome, you know, the higher power that made us just put things together where we don't have to think to breathe, we don't have to think to smell, we don't have to think to see. And when we even think about our eyes and what we see, our eyes take it in, and at that time, it's blank. Until it gets processed to our brain, we don't know what it is. Everything has to go through the brain of whatever sense it is to get that smell, that taste, that sight that you see to hear what you hear, believe it or not. And sometimes we take that for granted in our work-life balance. Okay. And as humans, we we have a, a multitude of senses, sight, hearing, taste, smell, and touch address the ability to detect other stimuli, both internal and external, um, as it relates to our our brain, which is the the internal part, and then our environment, which is which is external. But we have so many senses, um, but those five are the basic senses and the ones that we are going to focus on for today's topic. So we're going to do a little bit of vocabulary because it's important for, as we talk about um, a certain sense or we use certain words, I think it's important for us to give an explanation of, of, you know, what those words mean, especially in the sense that, that we're using them. So the first sense that we're going to talk about is smell. And to smell is to perceive or detect the odor or scent that is part of your chemosensory system or the chemical senses. Your ability to smell comes from specialized sensory cells. Um, And there are certain um, scents, and that's S-C-E-N-T-S, that we're able to, to smell. Uh, one is spicy, one is pungent, um, putrid, floral, and pungent is um, yeah. pungent is more like a a woodsy or burning kind of uh, smell. Um, what other what what other type of um, explanation would you give for the uh, scent of pungent. That's I think you did <laughs> Okay, okay. Anything else, Wanda? What do you think? Pungent. Did you say sulfur? I would think sulfur, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. that's a great one. Is that like rotten eggs? Is that exactly. Yeah. That's putrid. Putrid is more of rotten eggs because putrid is when something is decomposing. So when you think of rotten eggs, that's more putrid, actually. Gotcha. That's mm-hmm. Where pungent, um, what what did we um, say about pungent? Uh, what did we learn about pungent yesterday, um, Hasina? Pungent was more. I think Wanda said it. The smell of sulfur. 
Um, think of, you know, when you burn something in your house and you just can't get the smell out. Or think about when you're in the office and somebody chooses to make popcorn and puts it on their own setting, and then the whole yeah. office burnt popcorn for a few hours. That is so annoying, too, by the way. I think we should just ban popcorn if you're not going to follow the direction. <laughs> Because that's funny, a pretty that stays around for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the smell of popcorn alone. Mm-hmm. And then spicy would be more like smell of cinnamon and um, more of like the spices that we use, right? Right, maybe more like uh, the Indian spices, um, the cumin, and things like that, the turmeric, things like that. And I have to say, you know, when I think of the Indies, uh, they have a strong seasoning that they use, and usually it stays on your skin because of the the seasoning that it is. And then floral, which is more flowery uh, type of smells. People can detect one, at least one trillion distinct scents. Uh, smelling certain scents can change your demeanor. And I remember when, um, when Mary Ellen came and, and, and she was on our show and she talked about the, the different types of scents and how they... Yeah. A change your emotions. Mm-hmm. How they change your emotions. Um, so some of the scents um, that can change your demeanor, uh, the smell of blueberry muffins, bakery products, vanilla scents, um, they provide a sense of comfort for the home or the office setting. Um, lemon, lavender, um, those scents um, are better for productivity. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget what Mary Ellen said about grapefruit. Now, I haven't went and got grapefruit essential oil to make some type of perfume or scent with it yet, but she said mm-hmm. grapefruit attracts males. Yeah, I remember that. I remember she said that. Mm -hmm. So you're into. um, Yeah, I was going to say, Wanda, you aromatherapy. I was going to say, Wanda, you you like aromas. I like oils myself. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And I like I like them all for the way they smell, but I'm sure that they have um, a, a calming effect or whatever effect I'm going for. I like it. It certainly will alter my mood, which is the reason I wear them. Because when I smell things that I like, it, it does make me happier. Quite honestly, so even if it's steak. <laughs> okay. You know what I think does it. I, I I feel bad about it, but yeah, even if it's steak, it's don't feel so bad. I know. <laughs> Poor cows. Don't feel bad. Trying to break away from the cows. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I remember um, I went to a class about that, and one person told me that oregano is supposed to have healing properties for me and my distinct. Um, health issues. So I haven't tried it yet again, but I thought it was interesting. And I would love to talk about aromatherapy. If Wanda, you don't, come on, Wanda. Wanda, are you not feeling that well today? Uh, I'll be back with you in a moment. Okay. Those are her dogs. I I I don't have a problem talking about aromatherapy because I also do a little bit of body butter here and there, and I enjoy it. And it does have a lot of healing properties to it. It has a lot of great benefits. 
So aromatherapy actually reduces anxiety, certain um, blends of things. I'm thinking of lavender a lot because lavender has a lot of healing properties. And I think most of the ones I can think about that I'm going to say have to do with lavender in other sense, but lavender is definitely one in particular. So it can reduce anxiety, ease depression, boost your energy levels. I would think like uh, for boosting energy levels, it would be more like a lemon or lemongrass. Speeding up healing, uh, the healing process that lavender does that. Uh, I think lemongrass does that too, actually. Eliminate headaches. I know it's a certain set for that. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Boost cognitive performance, induce sleep. Lavender does that. Strengthen the immune system. Lavender does that too. Reduce pain. I know it might be not a regular aromatherapy because I don't think you can get ginger in uh, essential oil, Wanda. I'm not sure, but I know ginger definitely helps to reducing pain, improving digestion, and increasing circulation. So the scents or essential oils, they can play a big part in what we do at home maybe when we're ready to go to bed or when we're at work or if we work in a certain place and let's say you are the CEO of that uh, organization, maybe you can have lemon essential oil in your office when people come in or surrounding your office in in other areas to help the people that work for you have more productivity. I agree. Really interesting. You're the specialist more than me. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. I just like oils mostly because I, I I find that citrusy smells do make people feel, just feel better. I don't know something about fruit. And, you know, you mix that in with lavender. And it's, it, I like to, whenever I have uh, any kind of studio event thing coming on or I'm doing a show, I like to spread it throughout and it just makes everyone a little bit happier. So. Mm-hmm. It works, but it's, it's it, you kind of play with it. You just kind of play with it. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, you know, there there are the senses um, that come with smell, and just by us having that conversation, that small conversation right there, it just opens up the importance of um, that particular scent and and being able to smell. And I can remember um, I suffered for a while some sinus problems, and I could not smell. And because I couldn't smell, I realized that I was in – I was pretty much in danger a lot because I couldn't – if there were fire anywhere, I wouldn't be able to smell it, you know, our nose helps to is a helps to keep us out of danger, and we don't even think about it like that most of the time. But I realized when I couldn't smell how much I was missing, and also it affected my ability to to taste. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's taste, true. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, taste is another uh, sense that um that we use and it helps us to distinguish salty from sweet from bitter and sour we use our tongue as the primary receptor um in order to distinguish those different tastes and as we were researching this Hasina even said that on the tongue Different parts of the tongue distinguish the different um, the different um, types of um, taste. So I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> Flavor also depends on odor, texture, and temperature, as well as taste. And as humans, our taste buds we receive taste through our our sensory organs called uh, taste buds. So you want to talk a little bit about that, Hasina? Sure. 
when I was researching some things, I thought it was very interesting that also with smell, also with taste, does your mood your mood can actually change. If you have something bitter, usually it's repulsive. So think about the times that you had maybe like a, what is it, um, sour patches or candies on that taste level, and usually what happens to your face. And they even have that picture on some of the packages where they have a bitter candy. You're screwing up your face making this tight face because bitter makes you do that. What about yeah. when you have a sweet thing? Usually when you're eating something sweet, you have good feelings. And another interesting fact I found about that is respect. Now, this is with more than one sense, more than just smell. It's smell, taste, and sight. But seeing a color can evoke any, many numbers of sensations. Green can evoke a smell of grass. Lemon can evoke a sour taste. So just seeing that color so we think of our senses as separate, but think if you do those combinations at home and those combinations in your office of what type of things you will get surrounding that. I think that's just awesome. And then I found another interesting fact. I thought it was very interesting being that I have family that live outside of the country and things like that, but a, a foreigner had a bog, and he's stated that when he comes to America, everything tastes so sweet. He was talking about our breads and our meat and our pasta and pretty much everything. He said, surprise is sweetened. And the thing that he thought was even more interesting about it is it's so sweet, and it's so sweet that he feels sick, and it gets to the point where it tastes stale to him. He said, our chocolate is terrible, and our soda products like uh, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, is undrinkable and actually gives him digestion problems. And I was like, well, where is this coming from? But I lived in America all my life. You know, I would go outside of the country from time to time. I maybe couldn't tell the difference at that time. I was younger then. But one difference that I think we have in America that maybe they don't have in other countries is that a lot of times we have high fructose corn syrup in many things. And it's just it's just funny. And then we have to think about our business meetings. What do you usually have at a business meeting or some type of meeting where professionals are coming together or any type of meeting in general? What's there? Donuts, pastry, coffee, bagels. Those are all sweet things, and I think the reason why they have that is because it can be sustainable for a longer time than having regular food, and usually that calms people's uh, senses down. They're maybe in a great mood because of it. So it's just interesting that, you know, we're talking about things here in the Western world, in America, but if we go to the other side across the pond, they might look at our senses as different, and their senses might be honed in differently than ours. As you were talking about that, I was thinking about our taste buds and how different our taste but how different we, uh, our sensory, our taste buds process um, taste based on, yeah, based on where we come from you know, because of how we cook and, and how we're used to eating our food and, you know, how we're used to um, how our food is processed. Yeah, very interesting. You know what's funny, Wanda? I don't know if you've been there, but if you go to Atlanta and you go to the Coca-Cola company there, they let you try soda from different uh, countries. So I'll never hmm. forget it. I had some soda from somewhere in Africa. It was disgusting. It was the worst soda uh, I ever tasted in my life. But I'm sure in Africa, they thought it was great. I can't remember exactly what country it was, but it was totally different. My taste buds felt it was repulsive. I don't drink a lot of soda, so I don't, I don't know. But, yeah, I can imagine. I've certainly had drinks 
I I I tend to like drinks from other countries, like as far as my beers go. Um, I don't know if that means anything, but I'm sure it's prepared differently. Even though sometimes they're not prepared here. I mean, they're not prepared there. I don't know how that whole process works, but I tend I tend to like things from foreign lands a lot, like different foods. Mm-hmm. So not that very that means much, but. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's interesting. I, I was in Jamaica a few weeks ago, and I, I think I was telling you, Hasina, I got a, a a bag of potato chips, and it was a name brand, and it, and they didn't have a taste to me. And when I looked on the when I looked at the ingredients to see where they were manufactured, they were manufactured. They weren't manufactured in the U.S. They were manufactured in a different country. And I said to myself. These just they didn't right. for me they didn't have a taste. Um, so they didn't have salt on them, maybe, or you think? Right, it didn't have a lot of salt, oh. and it just didn't have that potato taste that I'm used to experiencing when I bite into a potato chip. Right. Mm-hmm. So it is very interesting that food does vary from country to country based on the taste of the you know, the people who live in those areas. So and if it's something like that's actually grown there or flown from there or prepared there or what part of it is actually from there? Is that a good question? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So then we have the, the the sense of sight or vision which is a way our senses process light and helps to distinguish the outside world. Sight or vision is the capability of our eyes to focus and detect images of visible light on our retina that generates electrical nerve impulses for varying colors, hues, and brightness. So the question is, is your home or office aesthetically pleasing to the sight? And also, you know, when you talk about sight, colors are very important. Different colors have different meanings for us. Sometimes it's conscious on a conscious level, and sometimes it's even on an unconscious level. Uh, red, and, and, and each country is different, but here in the United States, red is the color of power, and it gives people I think attention. that's universal. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's pretty universal. Mm-hmm. Red Unless you're, if, if you're a bull in Italy... Ah, they use a red uh, cape, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It means something to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So blue, when you want to be viewed as trustworthy and cool, blue is the color for you. Superman. And ah. Uh, <laughs> Uh-huh. And then banks, when I look at banks, a lot of banks have blue in their in their logos and in their color schemes. Also, going back to red, um, red also um, kind of stimulates the appetite. And so a lot of times with food advertisements, you'll see a lot of red in the in the logos and in the labeling. Then there's pink. And pink is, is, is vying for the attention of a young female demographic. You can't go wrong with pink. It, it's fun, it's frilly, and it's totally female. Yeah, that's true. You know, I think about the the logos that we have in America, and I can't even say America because I believe they're in other places too. I don't want to just say America, but 
When you think of Adidas, you know what the logo is. When you think of McDonald's, you know what the logo is. McDonald's is red and yellow. When you think of Starbucks, Starbucks is actually green and white. Why do you think Starbucks is green and white? Green usually is to say that it's more earthy, more healthy, more conscious. That's why their logo is green and white. Think of Nike. All you see is that swoosh. You don't see anything else. They don't have to do anything else, and you know that is Nike. It's so funny how our vision just picks up things and knows what it is. It doesn't have to be taught that. After you see it a couple times, you just know. It's just like Apple. You see that Apple with the bite mark in it, and you know it's Apple. Audi, Chanel, it's so many logos out here. For our vision, we know what kind of company it is. And it's funny, but I'm looking at a lot of the car logos. A lot of the car logos are actually silver. And what I read in my studies, gold and silver means a level of luxury. So Lexus is actually silver. Audi is actually silver. Mercedes-Benz is actually silver. There's a lot of silver for the car companies. When it comes to maybe food, McDonald's, as I already said, think of KFC, red again. So it's just funny that we don't have to think, we know what's going on and what senses it's good to be in tune with what that makes you do after you see something and how it evokes some type of emotion, maybe evokes that you're hungry, maybe evokes that it's luxury. It's just interesting. That is interesting. That's something to so, think about when people start their businesses when they're in their office and what type of uh, environment they're trying to convey. Maybe if it's red, they're going to think that it's more like a fast thing, even though it means like on a stop sign it says stop, but also it means like let's do this now. But maybe if in your office is blue, they might think, okay, this is a professional, well-standing place. Let's say if it has more green or plants in there, they're going to say, well, this place might be a green building or it's more conscious. It has maybe more integrity. So it's very interesting to be in tune with your senses and how our vision and sight looks at things and what it invokes inside of us because I didn't have to maybe – if we didn't know these logos, even though it's ingrained in our brain, but let's say I put Starbucks next to KFC next to uh, Windows, and then what you would feel behind it, or next to a car company like Audi, what you would feel next to it is very interesting, and we have to be in tune with that. Interesting, and a lot of times those, those you know, the colors or scents, um, aromas, they will they will um evoke our our senses on an unconscious level. We don't often we don't even recognize what's going on, what's happening. And so to be more conscious and more aware, you know, it can help us, um, if we're business owners, it can help us as we are um, putting our business plans together, as we are putting, as we're looking at our um, aesthetics and the feeling that we want to bring out in our clients or, or you know, those who we do business with, um, even in our, our home life, you know, we want to be aware of our senses so that we can, you know, we can be aware of, you know, what colors make me feel good, you know, what colors irritate me, um, you know, because when, we're, when we get home, we want to kind of relax and, you know, put our feet up, and that's the place where we can exhale. Um, you know, we, that's what comes to my mind, um, you know, one of the things that comes to my mind. Um, so I want to I want to go over a few more colors and then we'll, maybe we'll talk about a few more logos because um, I think it's fascinating. Yellow is a powerful color, 
but it's also the most dangerous hue. Use yellow to command your, your audience's attention and let them know you're confident in your abilities. Um, but we also said that yellow could mean cowardness as well. Color, so it, you know, it, it, it brings your eyes right to it, an attention color. Green, and you talked about green, Hasuna, is a versatile color. It's warm and inviting, lending customers to a pleasing feeling. Um, it denotes health environment, goodwill. And finally, green is the color of money, so it creates thoughts of wealth. Purple is the color of royalty, which makes it perfect for lending a touch of elegance and prestige to your marketing materials. And gold is is likewise elegant, and prestigious, but adds an element of power that purple can't match. In combination with purple or green, gold is a powerful color that symbolizes wealth and pedigree. So you talked that you know you talked about that. It's really interesting. Right, and we're going to go to a commercial break, but before we go there, I just want to say we talked about the smells and taste, and now we're talking about the seeing, and we talked about it, but I, I have to say this again. Seeing the color yellow-green makes me think of sourness, or not me, but people in general, and pink makes you think of sweetness, and gray actually mm-hmm. evokes a taste of smokiness. So if you see something or taste something, you'll think it's smoky just because of the color. But with that said, I know it's time for us to take our commercial break. Katrina, are you Satori with us? Life Skills Institute is an instructional business institute offering business development classes to aspiring entrepreneurs and those interested in personal and professional development. We are a team of consultants that specialize in specific areas of business. We come together to provide a comprehensive package of services using a holistic approach that ensures that you receive leading-edge information in leadership, social and emotional intelligence theory, and practical application. Satori Life Skills Institute is dedicated to empowering aspiring entrepreneurs and those interested in personal and professional development in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness. We'll help you find the answers to powerful questions. How am I conducting business? Am I living my mission statement? Am I leaving this place better than I found it because of my contribution? We offer coaching sessions, consulting, and business and personal development classes. Satari Life Skills Institute. We've developed a series of classes that provide real-world tools and strategies that yield solid business, professional, and personal results. Basic bookkeeping, what business owners need to know. Be successful, how to start and stay in business. How to survive in the U.S. business culture. Networking to get business. We also offer free one-session workshops that provide education and resources that outline the steps that startups need for success. And then there's our Mastermind Business Group, an ongoing monthly support group that focuses on aligning goals, learning, and growth with other like-minded professionals. To learn more about our classes, visit us at satarilifeskills.com. That's satarilifeskills.com, S-A-T-A-R-I, lifeskills.com. Or call 800-590-0056, satarilifeskills.com, or 800-590-0056. And join us here weekly on Positively Affirmative every Sunday at 5 p.m. Satari Life Skills Institute, transform and grow your life and business. Great. So as as the commercial was um was playing, 
I was I was thinking about the importance of of sight. And, you know, thinking about the colors and how when we when we see a certain color, how it brings up a certain image in our mind. Um our eyes, you know, from the time that we wake up in the morning until the time we, we go to sleep at night, our our eyes are like a video camera. And everything that, that we see, our brain uses, and, and it helps us remember what everything looks like. And our senses of our sense of sight is one of those five senses that we use the most. And our eyes are one of the most sensitive organs on our body. We we use our our sight sense to help us see where we're going so so we don't walk into anything. And so when we don't have that sense of sight you know, it's, it's easier for me to understand how those other senses become more heightened. Equally important to understand that, or it's equally important when we do understand how our senses work, that we begin to use them to our advantage so that we can begin to create the type of environments that we want to feel, that we feel most comfortable in. want to talk about a few more logos and about the color schemes. Um, Facebook, you know, as soon as I see that S and that color blue, I automatically know that that's Facebook. So branding, the use of colors and, and images for branding uh, for business owners is huge. And I think we were reading and we read about um, colors, the names of colors are even used on football teams or different sports teams, the Cleveland Browns, the Blue Jays, the Red Hawks. Um, So really important, really important. So, Hasina, what is another sense that we talked about? Another sense we talked about. Yeah, Wanda. Touch. You want to talk about that one? Well, I like to be touched. (laughs) I think we all do. And it's funny, if I I even go... it's one of those important ones. Last but not least. Well, we have one more after that. We have sound. But touch is so interesting because, and I didn't mention this when I was writing up some notes, but we all need at least a hug. And some people go a long period of time without getting a hug, which is is interesting. And we Mm -hmm. need that touch. We are social beings. And sometimes, you know, I think, the way the world might be situated today, especially maybe in America, is that we don't get that touch. We might be on a computer more or in our cubicle more than we are being social as it was before. Remember, the kids used to play outside. Now they don't want to play outside. They want to look at the computer and the tablet and play their video games. But to give a definition of touch, touch is a sense that affects the entire body, and involves our skin, experiencing sensations of light. Today it was very windy. My son said, Mommy, the wind is cold. It's so funny. He's just a funny kid. (laughs) But also with light, the sun, you know, when we got into the sun, then it was hot. So it could be a light touch, touching somebody lightly, a deep touch where maybe you're pressing into your skin and you can see the press into someone's skin a hot, cold temperature also, and then lastly, pain. And to look at the perspective of being in the office, let's say your boss is patting you on your back saying, great job. Now, if he touches you 
softly and pat you on your back and says, good job, what do you interpret? If he touches you in a hard, more firm way, what do you interpret? Now, some people look at it differently. Wanda, what do you think? Um, Well, hard and firm means hard and cold, like cold. I mean, it doesn't mean that they don't mean it. It just means probably more so. Warm? I don't know. I'd like to think that it could go either way with that. Uh, If someone's touching me too softly, then I'm like, eh, what's going on? That could be me. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, well, you're right. And and the funny thing about patting your back or how somebody addresses you, excuse me, my son is sneezing in the background. Might be, that might be how long I've known them or, yeah, just a relationship, you know. Exactly. That, you hit the nail on the head. It's how mm-hmm. long you know them, their personality. Maybe that person is not the type to – hit somebody hard. So if they hit you hard and they're patting you on your back, you're like, whoa, where's that coming from? Let's think about the handshakes. Handshakes. If you shake somebody's hand and it's weak, you're like, okay, maybe that person's not a strong person. Or if that handshake is strong and firm, you're like, okay. But then let's say they squeeze your hand and maybe it's not a business partner. It's somebody that maybe doesn't care for you so much. You got to look at it differently. So I think it's an interpretation of an individual and a perception. So that's very interesting. Think about when we think of touch, chairs and coaches in your office. If it's soft and comfortable, if it's hard and sturdy, and it's funny, I was doing some work uh, for about, uh, no joke, about 14 hours yesterday. I counted. And I was saying, you know, if I'm doing something at that office and it's two hours sitting in that chair, it's fine. But if you're sitting there, even though you get up and you've been there for about 14 hours, that chair starts to, like, blend into your legs and your butt, and it's uncomfortable. So those are things that people that have an office or are in an office or a person that makes those decisions with furniture – can think about at home. What do we think about when we think of home and touch? Do you have anything, Wanda? Um, well, I like home to be very comfortable as much as possible. I like soft and co- I'm also a Taurus, if that means anything to anybody, but that for me always means we like things plushy and soft and like to just lounge, lounging. So that's how I like my home. And I try and actually keep my office and my work environment in the same manner. Like if people generally come into my office, it's always they like feel comfortable and like they want to stay. I don't encourage that behavior, of course, but that's just how I am. And it's funny you go back to office because now I'm thinking, let's say you have a really comfortable couch in your office. And you're back-to-back with clients or whatever you do, and that couch is super comfortable. It might take them longer to get up and leave. If the the couch is in the middle where it's a little cool, what did you say, Wanda? Because there's always a chair. It depends on the meeting. (laughs) Right, but some, you know, some offices, or businesses have couches for their clients or customers, and, you know, maybe you're back-to-back and you need that person to be out in 50 minutes to an hour and they stay an extra 20 minutes, and that throws off your whole day of seeing customers. But at home, think about what you like. You're saying soft and comfy. So the fabrics that you have at home maybe on your bed and your couch are soft in texture. Think about the thread count. Now, I consider myself a home type of person. I like my home to look nice, but you can definitely tell, like, let's say if I go to my mom's house, her thread count is very high on her sheets versus mine might not be as much, or a mattress. And when we think of a mattress, that goes to another just 
having that balance that we need to sleep correctly. And this might be a little off of touch, but I think it also plays a huge part. Personal space. Now, you don't want somebody maybe touching you, like you said, Wanda, if you are not intimate or close to them. Intimate doesn't always have to mean, you know, physically mm-hmm. intimate. It could just uh, mean that you're a close friend. I know you enough. I know you well enough. <laughs> <laughs> right, where we could maybe be closer than some person you just met off the street. So usually an arm length is comfortable for most. And last but not least, before our time runs out, because, oh, my gosh, it flew by so quick. We're already at 50 minutes. We have 10 minutes left, but think about sound. Sound is very interesting, and I'm going to give the definition of that. Sound is the sense that allows us to interpret vibration. Now, some of our holistic audience might say, oh, vibration, frequency, No, we're talking about real vibrations, like a pitchfork, that noise that is made when you hit a pitchfork on something solid. Hearing is a sense of sound perception. Hearing is all about the vibration. It turns motion into electrical nerve pulses, which are located in our inner ear. Hearing is a mechanical sense. Because these vibrations are mechanically conducted from ear from the eardrum through a series of tiny bones, which I thought was super interesting, that it's a series of tiny bones in our ear that are actually as thin as a hair. They're hair-like fibers in your inner ear, and that's how we're able to actually detect mechanical motion. Now, I think, again... Sometimes because we're not in tune, we forget that we don't know sound. Our brain knows sound. Our ear just does the mechanical job, our eyes, our taste. That's all coming from the brain. It has nothing to do with that motion or that mechanic. So when that sound goes through our ear and goes through our brain is when we say, oh, that person's saying hello. Oh, that person is saying goodbye. That person's angry. That person is sad. It's so interesting, and sometimes we forget that. But we have to look into that when we're thinking about the office in it. So when I was writing some of this up, I thought about what types of music do you like to listen to? And not just what you like to listen to, but think about what you like to listen to when you want a different mood or when you're trying to complete a task. And, Wanda, I want to hear from you because you gave me a great song one early morning, and I'm sure you were in your hmm. office and radio station, and it was that awesome. I was on my way, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's a, so, that's a, that's a picker-upper. It is a picker-upper. That's, that's a song by – I. you know, I'm, I, I'm always – just finding songs, or I say songs find me, but I generally like upbeat songs, always with a positive message, things that, you know, can uh, lift me up. And this is, this one happens to be uh, by Mandisa, Overcomer. Or no, it was Good Morning, actually. Another good Morning, song yeah. Good and Morning. And that's what me to get out of bed. <laughs> yeah, cause that's, because I get up so early, and so that that was my song that I listened to on my way to work, and it it's just it's just enough to get me pumped up to get everyone else up in the morning. So that's how I, I enjoy that. And then there's sometimes I like classical music. I just like music that I can feel, really. So it, it generally it gets me moving in some way or another, but somehow it, it moves through me and not necessarily. Uh, yeah, I think that my favorite, I mean, I love country music. There's still a lot of, you know, some country music that I love. I've worked in country music for a long, long time. So people are always surprised to know that, that I have bonded with that format as well. I like it all. As long as it makes me feel good and moves, literally, I think just if it moves through me, that's that's what it takes for me to love it. So. It is very interesting. I think about the office, and some offices have um, music when you go in, and usually we call it elevator music, but what move yeah. does it come across? Usually it's calm, relaxing music. 
But it's funny for me when sometimes when I want to maybe clean my house or do something that is fast paced, I need fast paced music. But maybe I'm relaxing and maybe I want to hear Wynton Marcellus, which is jazz. So think about how you can be in tune with what you hear in your ear when it comes to music. Again, think about the office of our, is the office placed in a place that is a city when you hear a lot of sirens outside or people outside, things like that. All of that has to do with your senses of how you might get a task completed or how quick it will be or how slow it is. And what works better for you and for our audience to know the difference? So I was talking about external noises, and some are good, some are bad. We talked about elevator music. We talked about music in general when it comes to our home. But think about people that have fountains in their house or in their office. Now, I don't have a fountain, but I do have a fish tank turned into a turtle tank. So I always hear water, a calming feeling in my house. Now, it was a time I was using my fish tank filter to cipher through the, to filter through the water, but I finally got a turtle tank filter, and the difference is huge. My son always says, Mommy, it's quiet now. And you have a fish tank filter in a turtle tank because that's what it was previously. It's very loud, but the turtle tank filter is uh, smaller, and it's just one motor versus two motors with two filters and more water flushing down, and I can actually sleep better. So just to wrap it all up, we have to look at all of our senses and how it affects us at home and in the office and how we can get that work-life balance with sound, with touch, with what you see, with what you smell, We have to be very, very careful what we taste. Sometimes if you're eating certain foods at work that maybe is pungent, you might not want to do work, or maybe that makes you do work. If you're eating things that are super sweet, you might slow down and become sluggish. So, again, it's all about being in tune of what can work with you at home, how you situate your home, how visibility works, how you have flow in your home, in regards to maybe where you place your couches when how you see things, how you place your desk in your office and how you see things. One thing I think we forgot to talk about is when it comes to smell is air purification. And I used the example yesterday when I was talking to Katrina about it is I think of um, our court um, building here in Broward County, South Florida in Florida, and the court, building is very old so it might have leaks sometimes or the tile is a little messed up on the ceiling and usually when I go in there I'm sneezing because it might have dust and mold so we have to be very in tune with that to make sure our house is comfortable plants help purify the air opening the window sometimes maybe making sure you're not blocking the window in your home or in your office because you want to make sure you have flow. You want to make sure the air is pure. You want to make sure that you have maybe things for your client to have that won't make your client, customer, worker sluggish, like maybe not a pastry. Maybe at these meetings, instead of having the pastries, have some fruits and vegetables because we know that is, actually a better thing to do. So with that, we're done. And I think it was a really, really good good show because we forget. We we do forget that we have these cases. Sometimes we take it for cases, sight, vision, smell. We take it for granted because it's automatic. And a lot of times when things are automatic, we forget how important, how It just changes our life. Think if you can't taste. Think if you can't see. So think of yourself without so you can enjoy what you do have. And with that, Katrina, Wanda, I enjoyed the show. I learned a lot as I did some research about it. And everybody have a great day.
All right. All right. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Okay. Bye-bye. We'd like to thank you for tuning in to another edition of Positively Affirmative. This is the show where we affirm you with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness. Join your host, Katrina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Satari Life Skills Institute, along with Hasina Roach, Relational Consultant and Radio Host, Wanda Miles. We teach aspiring entrepreneurs and those interested in personal and professional development how to create positive shifts in their work life and balance so they can become the director of their own life stories. Is your life story one you would love to see improve? Then join us here live every Sunday at 5 p.m. Bring a friend and share the prosperity.